Let's move on to another sport now. Uh, great talking about the U.S. Open. Love it when it comes around. Next year, we're going to be watching it. I already know. Yes. We'll be in the Arthur Ashe Stadium watching the game. Perhaps Sound, watching. That sounded like Arthur Ashe for a second. Arthur. The Arthur that's a different. Stadium. That's a different stadium. They play, they play a much different sport. Right. That's a whole different thing. We'll get into that on another episode when we're far drunker than we are now. <laughs> anyway. The weekend had some really great soccer action. You know, you had the Premier League coming back, La Liga coming back, League A in their like second week, I believe, MLS well underway. And I'm just going to go over some exciting games that I saw and maybe ask Matt what he thought about them. Uh, The English Premier League coming back, Arsenal winning 3-0 over Fulham. Obama Yang and Alexander Lacazette shined and a promising start for the FA Cup champion Gunners. On the other hand, Liverpool did not look so hot. They did grab the win 4-3 against newly promoted Leeds thanks to a Mohamed Salah hat-trick, which included a late penalty. Saves them for an embarrassing opening day draw. Liverpool's defense didn't look too good. Bad error by Virgil van Dijk on one of the Elite's equalizers, but Liverpool does get the win 4-3. And Everton beat Tottenham 1-0 yesterday. A goal by Calvert-Lewin sunk the Spurs. Another bad start. Is it the end for Mourinho? Also, James Rodriguez yes. got his start for the Toffees and looked pretty decent. So glad to see that he is in a better situation than he was. What do we think about these teams? Which of these, let's say, which of these victories proves more about a team? Is it that Arsenal is a contender? Is it that Liverpool is a pretender? Or is it that Mourinho might as well say bye-bye? Ooh. You know, I, I mean... I want to answer. I want to answer on two things. So, you can out, of those, out of those, out uh, of those, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> very cordial. We're very cordial here on Two Beers. We allow can each I other do this. Too. Yes, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Chat. Talk about sports. So, out of like the three teams, you're kind of asking me about those ones. I'm going to go with Arsenal. I mean, you know me. I've been. I'm tough on Arsenal. I don't like. Do I think they're going to compete for the title? No, but I thought they looked good. I think the Willian signing is a really good signing. Like Willian just knows the Premier League. He's such a smart player now. And I think him with Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who we have talked about for the last few months as being one of the most informed soccer players in the world. The guy couldn't stop scoring if he wanted to. So it it didn't make me like get a huge burst, like, like jump for Arsenal where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to finish second or third. But I have a lot more faith in them. I mean, I thought like coming into the year, they, they could be struggling towards the, you know, back of the top 10. And I don't see that for them anymore. I think they really, I think they will compete for a Champions League spot. Um, I think they're certainly going to finish in the top six. They, they just, I had a little more faith after seeing that game. Now, now, you know, Fulham is recently promoted, not a great team, but I thought it was a good showing. I thought it was a good way for them to start. I mean, when you, when you play a team that you're supposed to beat 3-0 and you beat them 3-0, then good job. You know, it's not like, the greatest opponent to beat, but you dominated them as you should have. I go to the Liverpool game now, and I actually don't even want to talk about Liverpool. I think Liverpool will probably be fine. Leeds United, to me, proved that day that they they will not be being relegated. After the next 37 matches, they are going to still be in the Premier League. I think they have a, a chance to even maybe fight for the back end of that top 10, like I was saying earlier for Arsenal, which would be a failure for Leeds. I think, I think Leeds could finish anywhere from... 12 to 9. 
I think they're going to be a really, really tough team this year. They just, they're a team that they know what they're about and these guys know each other really well. And you saw that against Liverpool. And of course, at the end of the day, you know, they're not going to have the weapons and the firepower that a team like Liverpool does. So they'll, they'll suffer those losses or those draws when, you know, you can pull out a guy like Mo Salah, but for the middle of the Premier League and even the top, like they're going to be a thorn in the side. And I was really, really impressed by Leeds United, albeit in a losing effort. Right. I, I definitely agree. I think Arsenal needed to beat the Fulham and they did. I think Leeds didn't need to, you know, contest Liverpool and they did. So I think that's kind of good signs for both of those teams. Everton, Tottenham. I mean, we know that Spurs and Mourinho don't work. And granted, it's on like a short rebound from last season. So how much could possibly change? But every new season provides you a chance to erase the season before. Look at the Browns and in, in this weekend, right? Everything about the Browns that was bad before, if the Browns go out there and contest the Ravens, we forget about it. And we talk about how great the Browns might be. But neither they they didn't do that. And the Spurs didn't do that. And so we're still here thinking, why is this coach in this job? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a wonder. I mean, I think that I thought the clock was already ticking on him. But, you know, you lose that opener like that. And, you know, Everton's a good team. I mean, I think Everton, even last year, certainly underperformed. So they're a team that, you know, you get a guy like Thomas Rodriguez. And if, you know, those signings from last summer really start to show through, they're a team that could be a dark horse Champions League contender i think in the premier league so you know the loss itself to everton especially in the end of all things might not be a horrible loss but when you're spurs and you hire hire a coach like jose Mourinho, you're you're supposed to win your home opener regardless you know right exactly especially with how bad everton was they also had a short rebound and they beat them so i do love him as rodriguez on that team i think the toffees can do well with him and by well i mean hopefully not finish in the bottom half of the table uh, in MLS news, uh, there was a lot of exciting games. Uh, it's it's hard to talk about MLS because there are so many teams playing all the time. And with the divisional play at the beginning, it, nothing really means anything right now. It's everybody's testing the waters. But there were two games I'll talk about. LAFC beat the Timbers 4-2. to two. Obviously, two of my favorite teams in the West, maybe in the entire league. LAFC still without Carlos Vela uh, in his injury. But they had Rossi, Kay, and Wright Phillips all score for them. They are just so dominant, you know, continuing where they were from the MLS's back tournament, beat the Timbers 4-2, who won the MLS's back tournament. So good win for them. And Sporting Kansas City is at the top of the Western Conference. Yes, above LAFC, above the Timbers, above the Sounders. They are number one so far. Johnny Russell scored a late goal to grab a 1-0 victory over Minnesota United to give them that first place position this past weekend. Good for them. Good to see Sporting Kansas City where they are. Yeah, uh, uh, I have yes. one question before you go too far. Are you worried about LAFC at all? Am I worried about them? Well, like, so right now they're fourth. If the Ga- Galaxy and Timbers still have to play a game, of course, they're playing each other. But foreseeably, after that game, they could be fifth. This isn't the same. I don't think, especially at the end of the MLS's back tournament, we would have thought, you know, 10, 11 games in the season that LAFC would be fifth. So is there any worry from you and like the sense that they're not really at the top of the Western conference? Like we kind of, I mean, they were blowing through people in the MLS's back tournament and that seems to have, have subsided at least somewhat. I think they have some issues in transition defense. I, I think that teams can counter on them more than they'd like to. 
And I think that has kind of showed itself in the first 10 games. But man, soccer's like that sometimes. Your first third of the season can suck and you will still be on top at the end. I think it's a little too early to tell, you know, whether this is something to be worried about. And I think they have too much talent without Carlos Vela even, right? If they were with Carlos Vela and they were still in place, I I might be like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe they're in trouble. But they don't have their best player. They're still performing well. They're still in the top five, which that you really just need to stick around in the top five and you have a chance. I mean, look at Bayern Munich. They were, you know, third place at some point in their trouble winning season. Stuff happens. You know, you don't get the results go your way and it's the beginning of the season and you played and it's a little weird time. I'm not worried about them, though. I think they'll still be. I don't know if they'll win the Western Conference because the winner, especially in MLS times, there's so many games against so many different teams. I think that sometimes the winner isn't like the top team is not necessarily the top team. So they might finish second or third. But I do think they're a team to contend with regardless of where they finish. And they will finish in the top three. I believe that. Gotcha. I had to ask because, I mean, they just they were so hot and now they've certainly some cracks have, have shown. Right. And if they had lost to the Timbers, I'd, I'd be speaking a different tone, of course. And the Timbers had those early goals. So Timbers could have Timbers could have caused them some trouble. But I think they showed that they they are here to stay kind of in the mix. Uh, and Liga, obviously, back back to action. Lots of exciting teams. Uh, but there's only one game that we can talk about. And it was yesterday's second straight loss by Paris Saint-Germain, the Champions League finalists that quote-unquote should have beat Bayern in the final. Two straight losses in the easiest league of the top five. They lose to Marseille for the first time in God knows when. There's some record. They get Their game has five red cards. Four of those red cards come in a post-game scuffle. A top team should not be involved in stuff like this. It's just true. They've had personality issues since the very beginning, it just showed itself again uh, in in game news. I could just, I guess you could say Florian Tova scored the lone goal. PSG sit in 18th place after losing their opener against newly promoted Len. Things are not looking good over there. I, of course, they'll bounce back. They'll still be, you know, the number one team to win. I think they'll probably still win. But this just shows some internal problems there. Now, it's been developing, which I have to bring up, that Neymar accused Alvaro Gonzalez, who he slapped in the back of the head, of racism, of saying racist comments, and it's being investigated right now. So obviously, the tides turn a little differently if that is proven to be true. You know, then it's kind of very understandable why Neymar would do that. And uh, yeah, but again, another PSG kind of personality mishap is what i'll say in this game they lose one zero to marseille me and matt actually you know got to witness the tail end of uh of the marseille fans in new york city and they were they were loving it they were loving it it's like we were in france yeah they were in their area of france it was great to see and you know you do want to see league uh be more competitive you do you have leon obviously in the semifinals you have Marseille, good team. You have Monaco, who could you know bounce back and could be a good team. You do want to see it more, be more competitive. So I am happy because maybe this means that PSG has to, you know, gets pressed a little more just because they lost those opening points. But we shall see. They lose their second straight game, one zero to Marseille, and in La Liga, oh my goodness, Matt, Valencia is in top spot, not Real Madrid or Barcelona. <gasps> No, don't just kidding though. They are, but Barcelona and Real Madrid have not played a game yet, so doesn't really <laughs> count. 
and uh, neither has Atletico Madrid or Sevilla. Again, doesn't really count, but they are top right now. They won 4-2 to against Levante in their first game behind a brace by substitute Vallejo. Good for them. Love Valencia as a team. I think they're a great team always, and they are the top of La Liga. The end of this week, the Bundesliga kicks back off, so Bayern will be looking to defend their treble. I'm excited to see them play, and that is your soccer news for the weekend. Yannick, the uh, amount of joy that you get from reveling in Paris Saint-Germain's misery, I would have you would think that they beat Bayern Munich in the Champions. You got you know that you won that game, right? I I do I <laughs> because they still don't talk about it. I'm not us. sure. Do that did we? Cuz I cuz for me it felt like we didn't get talked about at all. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, Bayern won the second triple in history, yada yada yada." But Neymar, oh, we've No. Been so bad for I was Neymar. making fun of you. I didn't want you to go into this tangent again. I <laughs> I did this to myself. We're you did. all very well aware how you feel about it. I just yeah, like, I, never... I I have no idea what would happen if Paris Saint-Germain would have won that game because you you beat them and you hate them so much. Right. They're, if they would have beaten you guys, I I don't know what your where your mental space would be at. I'd be terrified. If, if they had beaten us, Matt, I would feel better. Because, you know, here's what I'll say. If they had beaten us, I'd be mad at losing, right? But there were very many reasons why Byron would have lost on their own. I would be equally mad at Byron for losing that game. And I would be like, you know what? They do have the best players, yada, yada. They have, like, these three really great players. You know, they got to the final. You know, you deserve to win at some point. Right. But the fact that we can beat them one zero and claim a treble win and still not be the talk of the town. I don't it, for me, it's it's disrespectful. And it has to do with, oh, German soccer is not. Eh. It's like, you know what? Real Madrid sucked. Barcelona, non-existent. You know why? Because of us, the English Premier League sides. Oh, all the talk and they don't make it there. You know, so like give us some respect. That's all you I'm guys. Asking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I don't I, know what dis- I don't know what disrespect he's speaking of. I know he's very passionate about this, and I put through you all down the rabbit hole again when I was just trying to make fun of him. But if you're not sure, Yannick is really upset with how the media is talking or not talking about Bayern Munich. I just want some. Respect. Who cares? You won. I I you're the worst kind of I winner. Want. You're the worst kind of winner. <laughs> I this am. Is why no one I likes you? You've been a Patriot fan for too long. <laughs> You've become a shitty winner. Like, ah, we just won the treble, but they're not talking about us enough. Yeah, well, the rest of our teams didn't take, take home fucking anything. So I think you'll be fine. <laughs> I just had a character flaw, like, ousted on, on live. Damn. Damn, <laughs> damn, 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 damn. That's, uh, that's, that's going to be hard to recover from. That's gonna you know, be hard to you know what Manchester United did this year? Nothing. So, so you can take your treble and be happy with it. You're right. I, I should look on the brighter side. <laughs> I should look on the brighter side. I concede. I concede. You just just know, Matt, that's a sore subject, and we don't bring yeah. that up on the podcast. <laughs> because apparently I that's always, a trigger for me. That's a trigger for me, apparently. You know, I, I I can't talk about it. All right, but there's one there's more exciting news than soccer going on. Obviously, soccer kind of at the beginning of their next season. We're at the end of another season, though. That is the NBA and the playoffs. Who saw any of this coming? Nobody saw any of this coming. Matt, take us through it. Yes, it's been an absolute blast of an NBA playoffs. Some of it kind of straightforward. Some of it in the sense of like, yeah, this is what we expected. And some of it not what we expected really at all. Um, There's only one more series still going on before the conference finals start. 
somehow that series is still going on. It's the Clippers and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are attempting to overcome another 3-1 deficit. No team has ever done that in back-to-back series. No team's ever done that twice in the playoffs. So it would be an insane accomplishment, especially going up against the Clippers. This series, though, is just like a bit of a conundrum because the Nuggets played great in games two and three. They won game two, ended up losing game three after just not being able to find a bucket for the last few minutes. Clippers made a run and were able to get game three. And I thought after losing game three, I thought Denver was finished. They were only down two to one, but I was like, they needed that that game three. Clippers go on to win game four. They're up three to one. This thing looks over and done with. In both closing games, L.A. has had a lead, including a 16-point lead yesterday at the half. And Denver just does not quit. I, I, I don't know if, if partly it's the Clippers just going in, into auto drive or, like, the, the Nuggets is finding their ability to to play. But Murray and Jokic, uh, you know, have, have, as I've said before, two of the most creative offensive players I think I've ever seen in the NBA – and they really don't get rattled. Like even when this team gets down, as we saw with the Jazz series, and now as we've seen through this series, they don't let it get to them. You know, they just kind of keep playing their game. Um, and they do have a lot of guys that contribute. You know, you got Monte Morris, you got Craig, you got Gary Harris, you got Grant, um, and of course the the emergence of of Michael Porter Jr. His defense still a little lacking, but his offensive game is, and you know, just his size and his athleticism, his quickness, it. It's made him to be a, a real tough matchup for the Clippers. I think LA, I think the Clippers still get this done. But it's it's another series where like the Mavericks won. Yeah, Luka Doncic was was playing out of his mind. It was one of the most impressive individual efforts we've seen in a playoff series. But the Mavericks probably shouldn't have even been in game six. And in this series, the Nuggets certainly should not have been able to get this to game seven. The Clippers have showed their holes. They just they don't stay zoned in. They they just kind of turn it off, and which is really surprising for a Doc Rivers team, and really surprising for a team with a guy like Kawhi Leonard. But they just kind of take their foot off the gas pedal, and the other LA team who is waiting for them in the Western Conference Finals will make them pay for that. So I think Clippers win this Game Seven against the Nuggets. But I have, I mean, I I think the Lakers could could sweep this series. I don't think they will, but I think the Lakers are that much better. I'm, I'm saying five games. The Lakers beat the Clippers in five games. The Clippers, the Lakers are, as I said, are already waiting in the Western Conference Finals. You know, I remember the game one against the Trailblazers, all these doubts after that loss. What did they do? They reel off four wins. Game one against the Rockets. Rockets hit all their threes. Gordon's playing great. They win that one. Doubts again about the Lakers. What did they do? They reel off four and win that series. I mean, LeBron James is playing as zoned in as we thought he would be. AD is finding his groove. All the role players from Caruso to Kuzma to uh, the, the big boys, McGee, Howard, Rondo started to really play and pass the ball well. This team's found it. They're, they're just such a veteran-led team that this is a business trip for them. And I, I five games, the Clippers are over and done with, and LeBron goes back to the NBA Finals. As for the East, the East has been where it's real crazy. And the Heat showed why I picked them to be my dark horse in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were able to beat the Bucks in four games to one. Giannis missed most of game four and all of game five, but, I mean, those were probably the best Bucks games. So the lack of Giannis was not the reason this series got over with quickly. Uh, this was all about the Heat team, and 
like I said, there was there was a reason I picked them as the dark horse. They they truly are a team. They're extremely deep. But most importantly, it's not just that they're deep. They all contribute in every aspect on, on the court. You know, like Jimmy Butler is, of course, the main scorer for them. But Drogic, Bam, even Hero Robinson can go off for them and lead the team in scoring. They all pass well. They all get rack up assists. They all rebound. They defend as a team. Like this team just contributes from top to bottom. And it's one of the strongest teams as a whole that I think I've seen. I mean, I think the lack of star power may come to hurt them, but right now it, it certainly isn't. And and Jimmy is enough of the star power to get those clutch baskets when you need it. And even Drogic. I mean, Drogic is a very low-key clutch player. So, I mean, I think it's a ton of credit to them, but it's also, I mean, it's the second year in a row. The Bucks go out early and their flaws are highlighted. I mean, they – the bench and the role players were horrendous. And I think it's kind of become one of those things where all those guys, when they're out there, they, they just, cause we saw it in game four and game five, they started playing better. All the role players were playing better. I think they get into that game where they're just watching. They're just watching Giannis and Giannis is so much the vocal point of that offense that the rest of those guys really don't know what they're doing at times. Or they, or they just start watching him work and then they're not working on offense. So I think I maybe mean, we're going hot takes. I think Giannis has one more year in Milwaukee, and I don't see him signing back because I think he's gone unless maybe Eastern Conference Finals, but I think they need to go to the NBA Finals if they want him to stay around. And I don't think that happens for Milwaukee unless they make some big trades. Chris Middleton was horrible except in Game 4. Eric Bledsoe, not a factor at all. And I know he was coming back from an injury, but the guy's supposed to be your point guard, and he's getting more turnovers than assists game in, game out. That, that's unacceptable. So a lot of people want to credit or like critique Giannis and say, oh, maybe he's, I think it was Richard Jefferson talking about how like Giannis is the Scottie Pippen and he needs a Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, Giannis might be Michael Jordan, but even Michael Jordan needed some help. I mean, you're going to call Chris Middleton a Scottie Pippen. So unless the Bucks can get some real help for Giannis, I think he's gone. And I think Miami, I think the team that beat him is, is a very, very likely choice. I mean, Giannis is a guy that likes to work hard. And um, that, that is a, an organization that epitomizes that. So he will be playing, of course, our, my wonderful co-host here, Yannick, Celtics in the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. Yeah. Celtics Raptors, dude, that Celtics Raptors series, one, one of the best these playoffs so far. All you know, time. Celtics, like, it was, it was just like, because a good series, you also need just like the drama, like the Nuggets and the Jazz had that, like Mitchell and, and Murray going off and stuff. This one was equally fueled with drama Celtics looked like they were going to run away with it after winning the first two games then OG Anubis buzzer beater in game three kept the Raptors in it then the Celtics run away with game five to go up three two the Raptors somehow just grind out a game six win but it's you know in the end I think what hurt the Raptors is what I was always worried would hurt them the fact that they really don't have a star player I mean they they're missing Kawhi there's times where they would go on a drought and they didn't have that guy that they could just give the ball to and say, all right, go to work. You know, Pascal Siakam, he made, he's made some huge leaps. He's not there yet. We know who Kyle Lowry is. Well, I mean, he, he can make some great buckets, but he's not, he's not a guy that's you're like, all right, you're going to get us a bucket like the next five possessions, because right now none of us can hit the broad side of a boat. Dang. So I think the Raptors, the Raptors just didn't have enough firepower. As for the Celtics, I think the Celtics certainly are being aided by subtraction and with the loss of Gordon Hayward. Tatum, Brown, and Walker all get to be on the ball more. They all get to get in the flow of the game more. 
And I think, honestly, though, this series is about the real MVP for Boston and the most underrated player in the NBA, Marcus Give Smart. Give it to me. Yeah. I was telling – we were texting the other day, and I told Jan, I was like, he just does everything so well. Like there's guys, like, there's guys that can score. There's guys that can pass. There's guys that can defend and rebound and get on the floor. Like, But not many people – I mean, even the best players in the league can do everything so efficiently. Like he wants to do the dirty work, but he also has a beautiful stroke and can have like incredible vision on the court. Like the guy can just do everything and he's got such a small ego. He's so ready to do whatever the team needs to do. Like I I think that guy is the true engine for the Celtics. I mean, you know, I don't disagree with you there. I love me some Marcus Smart. He makes the plays when nobody else will. And I think that he's the main reason that the Celtics were able to get past the Raptors, not just with the plays that we obviously know about when watching that series, but also just his hustle across the court. Yes, yeah, I mean, tone, you know, he makes all them. He makes all of them want to work harder and do the little things, too. Right. Because, yeah, he's definitely the example leader there. And so glad that we held on to him. It wasn't sure if we were going to post Isaiah Thomas. It was a little bit of like, are we going to trade him to get a bigger player? Yada, yada, especially with the Gordon Hayward situation when we were trying to bring him over. So glad we kept him. He is the embodiment of the Celtic spirit. Glad to have him. He will be the reason we beat the Heat if we beat the Heat as well. And that I believe in that full heartedly. Uh, what I'll say about the what. You I think the Celt- I'm, well, I'm just going to say I'm going with your Celtics in seven. That's so I'm, my predictions here are, are Lakers Celtics final. And what a better finals series to have in these times. Truthfully, a Lakers Celtics finals. I mean, I, of course you don't take the Celtics in that matchup, but I think that, you know, well-deserved if they do get there. Yeah. In the West, I mean, the Nuggets, the, the Denver Nuggets deserve all the praise in the world. And they have just, they've played their game. Didn't matter where they were or what they were doing. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray have just played their game. And that's why they're in a game seven with the Clippers who are better than them. The Clippers are better than them. I mean, that's just the truth. And the Clippers, even they, they even if they were three zero up and they and the Nuggets had come three, I would still pick the Clippers to win their the fourth one, you know, because they just had they have Kawhi Leonard. They have the, the deeper team. They have two six men of the year candidates. I mean, they should win this game. They might not, though. And I don't think the Nuggets can do anything against the Lakers necessarily. But I said that when they came to play the Clippers too. So I don't, I don't know. Like this team just plays and they can win every game. They can lose every game too, but they can win any game that they're in. Nikola Jokic is a unicorn in his own right. Just doesn't make any sense the way that he is. It's just always amazing to watch. Jamal Murray is a, is a stud. He is just a stud with swag and he plays every game that he plays. And it's just going to be an exciting game seven tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting. I thought there's no way that there's going to be any game Tuesday except for my Celtics Raptors that I'm going to watch. And that was wrong. I was very wrong. It's going to be the more exciting game on Tuesday. And um, yeah, as for the as for the Lakers, they have I mean, they people have been saying put up or shut up and they put up. 
They say basically said every person who's doubted LeBron James, every person who's doubted if Anthony Davis can take up the scoring mantle, every person who doubted that Rajon Rondo was relevant still, every person that doubted. I mean, it's been ridiculous. I was one of those people. I feel stupid. Everybody should feel stupid for for doubting LeBron James. He's going to go to the finals in five. He's going to go to the finals in five, and he will be the MVP of that finals, and they will win in six. I don't care who comes out of the East. I love my Celtics. The Heat, of course, are undeniably attractive to watch, and they are undeniably effective in a deep team. But when you have, and here I'm going to say it live, when you have the best player of all time on your team, you're going to win the NBA Finals, and that's just what it is. Dude, the Lakers will either, I mean... If the Lakers make it, which I think they will, it's a pretty enticing matchup no matter what, especially for like media team. Like you either get Lakers Celtics, the best NBA rivalry, or you get Lakers Heat and you get LeBron against his old team, you know, the like first team he won a championship with and everything. So either way, there's some uh some good storylines right from the start. Right. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Heat and the Celtics. Obviously, I think the Heat winning, while the Heat are great, right? Like, I, I don't deny, don't take anything away from them. Obviously, you have to be great in order to win against a team like the Bucks, And you have to be great in order to be in the playoffs. I think that win was more indicative of the Bucks' shortcomings than it was of the Heat's positives. You know, I think it was a bad matchup for the Bucks, And I think the Bucks had a lot of weaknesses that just hadn't been shown because they hadn't you know, the magic was never going to challenge them, regardless of their shortcomings. So I think that was shown against the Heat. They knocked them out. Celtics-Raptors was a series for the ages. I mean, I had a heart attack at the age of 24, truthfully, every single minute of the games. I mean, it was just so much fun to watch. Both teams wanted it. You ask, who wants it more? Both, Neither team wanted it. Both of them wanted it just as much. And, like, yeah. you saw that. You just saw that, and it was great. My thing with the Celtics is... I think Gordon Hayward isn't going to be negative to them. Do I think that it'll make them 100 times better? I don't think so. Uh, But I do think my problem is Jason Tatum has to show up at the beginning of the games as much as he does at the end sometimes. I think both of these teams are teams that get up on top of you and it's hard to come back on because they are so deep, right? And I think the Celtics did that against the Raptors in a lot of their games. They went up like 20 points in the first quarter and the Raptors had to fight back. And it's hard to fight back when you have a team with so many contributors, just like the heat went up on the bucks. It was hard to come back. So I think whichever team can, you know, use that strategy better, that's going to be the team that wins the series. And I think it's going to a game seven too, because if the Celtics are down three to two and in an elimination game, Marcus smart is going to come up, make big shots. Cardiac Kemba is going to make the three. It's going to force a game seven. If the Celtics are up three to two on the heat, Jimmy Butler is going to come from the grave and just kill them with 40 points. And it's going to be a game seven. If this isn't a game seven, that's what I'm shocked on. I think this goes to a game seven for sure. I think we have at least one overtime game. I think we see stars emerge. Jalen Brown, especially Bam Adebayo, especially Goran Dragic. Tyler Hero is going to have a great game, I'm sure. And it's just going to be on, again, who can who can perform more consistently? Because they all have players that can perform there's been games where Tyler Hero has been trash, though. There's been games where Bam Adebayo has not shown up as much as we know he can. Consequently, there's been games where Jalen Brown has not shown up. There's been games where Jason Tatum, for sure, has not shown up. Kemba Walker as well. So, who can be more consistent in these two gritty, scrappy teams? I don't know. I'm excited to watch it. Regardless of what happens, proud of my Celtics for getting there. 
Yeah, I think that certainly would fail. I mean, I think that's part of the reason the Heat are so good. Like, because I think, I think the Celtics need Brown, Smart, or Tatum. They need like two of them to score twenty a night, or they're screwed. Yep. Where like Heat, if one of their guys doesn't really show up, like they're so good at just like kind of step, like someone else stepping up that it doesn't hurt them as much. Like they rely, like they don't rely on Jimmy Butler getting thirty points a game, which is why they're so difficult because like it's like all right you'll try and stop him but like that he's not the main vocal point like they've got other other options so I mean I think the Celtics have the star power I don't necessarily think Hayward joining would be like a negative I just think it's I I think it's pretty clear that Tatum and Brown get into the flow of the game better when they don't have to share the ball with Gordon Hayward and and Gordon Hayward just like still doesn't really know how to provide value in the role that he's being asked to be in because he's never been in it. So that's fair. Yep. I definitely see that. And I think what'll help is he'll be eased in if he plays this series. And I think that'll help. He, he won't be asked to take the ball away from those two players. He'll just be asked to spell for like a quarter somewhere here and there. He's going to, he's going to be on minutes just like Kemba was when he was at the start. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, for sure. And yeah, NBA playoffs, exciting once again. Never disappoints, really. Excited to see who is the last conference finalist after Tuesday's action. All right, well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this first episode of the week. We got more coming to you this week. I mean, so much more. We didn't football. even really, we didn't even talk football, but there's so much to happen still. You know, NFL, we'll talk. We'll talk. Started. And, and, huh? I said football started. Football started, but I mean, like, okay, you know what? I know. I know. I was letting them know. Oh, you were letting them know. I thought you were being like, Yannick, this is what happened. I'm like, I know. I talked about the Patriots and Cam Newton. Do you want me to talk more? I can. You were saying saying how we hadn't talked about it much, and so I was – it's it's begun. It has begun. There's your your update. There's your – NFL is back. If you didn't know, it is. Two more games tonight. Steelers-Giants. Uh, Titans, go Broncos, New York, baby. go New York, go New York. Going to be exciting games for both who can show up. We shall see. First though, we're going to go to our shout out corner for this episode. I'll start us off. My shout outs for the day has to be to another player who kind of, you know, like the Lakers, they asked him to put up or shut up and he put up in week one. It was Lamar Jackson had an outstanding performance for the Ravens against the Browns. Everybody's saying, well, if he doesn't run like he used to then is he the quarterback that we think? Yes, he is. He absolutely is. They beat them 38 to six. Congratulations, Lamar Jackson. You put up. Dude, can we like, I don't, can people get over either underrating or overrating running in quarterback? Like, I don't like some, like first they're like, well, you shouldn't run at all. And then they start running and they're like, well, they're running too much. Right. Shut up. Right. Nimrods. He's right. good. Exactly. I don't He's care good. what he does. Let him play quarterback, give him the ball, you're going to win the game. My shout-out is going to Mr. Alec Mills, a former walk-on in college and also former Iowa Cub. We love our Iowa Cubbies. Best announcer in in the game, Mr. Mark Pierce, works for the great Iowa Cubs. So giving a love to an ex-Cubby. He's had a pretty average year, honestly, for the Cubs. Coming into the game on Sunday, he had a 4-3 record and a 4-7-4 ERA but he dealt a beauty of a game for the Cubs, getting the 16th no-hitter in Chicago Cubs history, a 12-0 win over division rival Brewers. So congratulations to Mr. Mills. 
Love that. Yeah. What a game for Alec Mills and, and much needed from the Cubs in their season as they kind of grind out for the end of the seeding games or seeding games isn't what it's called. It's a regular season, but it's only 60 games. So I call it seeding games basically is what I'm saying. And we're going to do a new segment uh, for this podcast. It's called the dumpster dive of the weekend. And it's the worst performance that we saw. Matt, you start the dumpster one off. What is, dive. What, Dumpster dive. Dude, Dumpster I, dive. I didn't I didn't want to do I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be mean to this team Aww. really at all. I, I didn't want to, but Iowa State. Oh no. Come on. Oh, offseason. I hear about how this could be Iowa State's year. They could win the Big 12. And Brock Purdy is an all-American Heisman candidate. And they're they're even a dark horse for the college football play. I just I was not playing, so it's all about the clones. And what do they do week one? They get shellacked 31 to 14 by the raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. They absolutely waxed them right out of Jack Trice Stadium. Rock Purdy was horrible. The defense was very lax today, Skull. Louisiana Lafayette looked like the far better team, just even speed wise, kickoff return and a punt return. Iowa State, I mean, you know I like talking crap on you, but I didn't want to have to do this. I didn't want to have to do it so early. But you are my dumpster dive because what the hell? Truthfully, I mean, the only performance they could have put in that would have made them worse than an Iowa team that's not even playing, honestly. Like, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose because you're the worse team than the Raging Cajuns. I mean, Louisa, you know, props to Louisiana, but still. I don't think – I don't think – I mean, I – again – one of those times where I'm talking out of my ass. I'm not sure Louisiana Lafayette's ever been ranked, but I know they're ranked this week. So if anything, I guess great job Iowa State on helping Louisiana Lafayette get ranked. Right. That was you, that you, was kind of you. Yeah, you do the work for the little guys. We really appreciate it. I'm sure they do too. And uh, yeah, I, I have nothing to say about that. You said it all. The you know, one thing that I will add is who's the best team in Iowa again? Okay. And let's talk about Drake. my Drake, you and I. <laughs> um, my some years, the Panthers probably could make that argument. Honestly, yeah, I said that, and I was like, "That's not fair." They were they like, they, ah, they, they should have beaten us a few more times than they have. Yeah, that's true. I remember some games. I was like, "This is ridiculous." You and I, the come two, on. The two blocked field goals. Oh man, that was the worst. I wanted to throw up in that game. I. I did, but not from being nervous from other reasons. Anyway, my dumpster dive of the weekend, same game as my shout out, the Browns. The Browns, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they came into the season with so much promise. Everybody's saying there's no drama coming out of Browns camp. Baker Mayfield, you know, is not doing stupid stuff. OBJ is back and healthy. Jarvis Landry is there. Their defense is so good. David Njoku can take over a tight end role. Yada, 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 yada. That's all that was. Here are my takes on the Cleveland Browns, my friend. Baker Mayfield is not an NFL caliber quarterback. The Browns are already out of the playoffs. OBJ is past his prime, and they need another rebuild now. That's how bad they looked against the Ravens. Honestly, all of their players, except for Jarvis Landry, who played pretty decently, despite Baker Mayfield not knowing how to throw the ball, they just 
Baker Mayfield, to me, proved that it's not that he has the wrong coach, that it's not that he has the wrong team. It's that he is not an NFL caliber quarterback. There are so many better options, and he should make like Josh Rosen and sit on the sideline behind an actual quarterback. That's what I'll say. That's rough. I told you. That's really going in on him. I, I, I think, I mean, I'm not saying I'm watching that game and I'm like, oh, Browns look great. But I think, I mean, they were so bad last year. And so I guess I didn't really expect them to hit the ground running this year. Like, I think they still have things to figure out. And I did expect the Ravens to hit the ground running. Like, it wasn't a loss to, you know, the Jaguars or, like, a team that a team that's, like, obviously one of the worst. Like, they might have lost to the best team in the NFL. So I think that's, like, part of the reason you don't have to, you know, get too worried quite yet. Like, they're not losing to a bad team. But they clearly didn't have any inspiring – like, I mean, they got walloped. So – Certainly not an inspiring performance by any means, but I think they still got time to, to figure it out. You're, you're luckily not going to play Lamar Jackson every single game. Right. You're not, you, you know, and, and that, would, that would be cool. That would be cool. That would suck. That would be cool though. That would not be uh that would not be something that I want to have for my team to play Lamar Jackson every week. I don't think I'd win many games, but I mean, right. you look at, you look at their schedule When's the next time? I'm not saying they were going to win against the Ravens, right? But I'm just saying that even if the Ravens still put up 38 on them because they can just do that, six points? The Ravens' defense isn't good enough for you to only put up six points. That's what I'm worried about, you know? Are they going to win against the Bengals where Joe Burrow looked like a quarterback for the future there? No. Are they going to win against the Washington football team that came back 27 points against the Eagles? Maybe. I don't know. Dwayne Haskins is better than, for me, better than Baker Mayfield. They're not going to win against the Cowboys. They're not going to win against the Colts. They're not going to win against the Steelers. I don't know. That Cowboys, I mean, that Cowboys game team last night, they, they look beatable. I mean, maybe, but... You know, they just have to feed Zeke. It's on his stomach now. I don't know why they got away from that again, but we shall see what happens. I mean, the Cowboys got – hey, the Cowboys The Cowboys got – here's what I'll say about the Cowboys. They played bad. They should have had the win. That call was atrocious. That call was atrocious. I disagree. Mean, come on. You disagree? He didn't, that PI? If you extend your arm – If you there extend your no arm extension. – They're going to – Dude, his arm clearly extended, and if you extend no. it, they're also going to call it every time. They didn't. Ex- Jalen Ramsey, you can see clearly it wasn't a clear extension. He's Both of their it. arms were. All right, it doesn't have to be a straight arm. It was, like, straight enough. It's not like he didn't extend his arm at least a little bit. I mean. And they're going to call that. Like, I'm like, yeah, I guess, like, you can be upset with Ramsey for selling it, but, like, just because he sold it doesn't mean it isn't P.I., like sometimes you do have to sell it so that they can see. If that's a if that's a pen, if that's a penalty, a game losing penalty, then they need to change that rule. They've needed to change that rule, but then they need to change that rule because that's ridiculous. That that's something that you don't win the game on, honestly. Anyway, no, that's yeah, absolutely. That's the what worst. What did he do there? He Matt, what is his arm? Do you not understand so what pass interference is? I okay, but I'm saying if that is pass interference then the rules should be changed because there's nothing that he did there that was, that was a clear and obvious, like, gaining an advantage. 
There's yes, nothing there is. When you make separation between a cornerback, then you obviously make, gain an he advantage. He made no separation. He literally was just locking arms with the dude. That dude, do I need to pull up the video? Like, then he extended his arm and Ramsey fell back. Did you not watch the video? Very end of the play at that point. Yeah. Very end of the yeah. play at that point. The, the play that matters. They weren't calling the first five yards of the route. Like, when you're I about disagree. to catch it, that's when pass interference matters. I do not. I, I disagree. And I say, I've heard so many people agree with me, so I feel okay disagreeing with you. I don't care that you've had people agree with you. <laughs> they can be wrong with you. It was pass That's, interference. Well, then I'm saying, if I agree that it could, be, it could be called pass interference. What I'm saying, Matt, is if that is considered pass interference, then I think the rule should be looked at because I don't think there's enough Michael Gallup there, not from the rule, just from in a game perspective, that should be classified as a penalty, you know? Like, I think guys should be able to get some separation off on the offensive side defensively it's like that seems a little more makes sense to me because there's like the turning of the head there's the interfering with the arms that are trying to catch but if you're if your other arm is going underneath the guy and it's not creating too much separation then i don't think it's that, that much of a deal i understand the full push off thing but isn't yeah that's not the part that they're concerned about they're part like they're concerned about the extension of the arm yeah, I don't know. So I like I, I don't. Just, I just disagree and if, you, with if the that's role. and if that's gonna, I mean, you can disagree with it, but it'd be a horrible thing to change because like the offense already has all the benefits. Like if that if you change that rule and like guys can push off a little bit, then there's never gonna be a stop in the NFL again. Like that, we that's can say fair. goodbye. We can say goodbye to defense. So like you have to like have like some leeway with these guys. I just okay. say like I mean it's not a great like call, but I thought it was the right call. Okay. They're going right. to call that every time too is like more of my point of like that, if, if, yeah. if, if it can if it at least looks like you're extending it then you're going to get caught like sometimes you just get caught whether it was and I think he I think he did enough. And yeah, I mean Ramsey might have sold it but like I said, I don't think I don't think just because a player sells a, a call necessarily means the call was bad. You know, like I don't think those two things are like mutually exclusive. Okay. Okay. I mean, he did sell it for sure. He sold it. There was no yeah. that that call does not get called as easily sure. if, he, if he doesn't sell it for sure. And you're right. I mean, it does set a dangerous precedent. And I mean, this is the one instance I can think of where this went against the offense rather than for them. So I will give you that. I just in an isolated incident, I yeah. thought that that was that was that was like a dumb way to lose the game. I, it sucks. It sucked. It definitely Actually, like sucked. honestly, like even if it's a good call, like. It was kind of game. I mean, it's like the Bucks Heat game from you know a week or two ago. Of like, you just don't like seeing games being decided by calls. And like, sometimes I know that you like have to call it because like otherwise, why are you there? Like, it would be done to be like, okay. And then the last two minutes, we don't have refs. Like, good luck. <laughs> so like, it's not like it's not like plausible. But like, you do like wish you're like, God, can't you just swallow the the whistle and just let it play out? Right. It's hard. I mean. And the more cameras are introduced, the less likely it seems that anything's going to be solved in a way that's going to be happy for everybody. And it's yeah. just like it's it becomes it becomes difficult for sure. The game is getting more complicated, not less, which is makes no sense to me. That fact that we have that happening. Okay, so we did our shout-outs and our dumpster dives, Matt. It is time for you to have your quick fire questions. That's Let's right. Go. You're on the hot seat. You're on the hot seat tonight. Okay, I'll start Let's you with the easy hot. one. The seat is hot. 
The seat is hot. It's on fire. Okay, so I'll start you off with an easier one, and this is more like an opinion. No, no, nothing at stake here. Who wins tonight? Steelers and Big Ben or Giants and Saquon? Obviously, Steelers had a great defense that took them to a pretty good record, even without a real quarterback. Giants, you know, can uh, Danny Dimes, as he's called, and Saquon Barkley get it together and make the Giants a winning season? Who, who do you think wins tonight? I find it hard to believe that Danny Dimes has made a jump enough to really be ready in the first game of the season against the Steelers. I just, I don't think he's got enough weapons. I think Saquon's going to have to do too much. I mean, that defense, that defense is incredible. Like you said, that defense almost willed the Steelers to the playoffs with Delvin Hodges and Mason Rudolph playing quarterback. So I think getting back Big Ben, you got James Conner, you still got Juju Smith-Schuster. Like the Steelers are still a, a good enough offense. Um, and, you know, Big Ben is – he can stand in the pocket and deliver. I don't think the age and everything is, is going to be a huge issue for him. Of course, you want him to stay healthy for the full season. But for tonight, I, I take the Steelers. I just think they've got the more – they've got the better weapons on offense, even with Saquon on the other side. And that defense is just – I think that defense is going to cause three turnovers on the Giants, and that's what's really going to – push the Steelers to, and I think an easy win. I'll, I'll go hmm, 34-14 Steelers. Okay, there you have it. 20-point win for the Steelers is Matt's prediction. All right, a personal quick-fire question here. You and I play each other in fantasy this week, and I am I am behind by a couple points to Matt right now. However, I have Saquon Barkley and James Conner. He only has the monster Derrick Henry. Who wins our matchup this week, Matthew? Me! Is that a is that a gut call uh, or is that a? <laughs> it's the easiest quick fire question I've ever seen. What you think I'm going to concede a loss? Nah. James okay. Conner. Actually, I need Saquon Barkley to get 20 points in another league. So like, I hope James Conner just sucks, and then Derrick Henry and Saquon get like the equal amount of points, and then I'll be good. Okay, there you go. So very very democratic answer there. Real real yeah. real well done. Uh, I, really had, I really had to think about that one. <laughs> gosh somehow i thought he was gonna hold his hold his ego a little bit but he was there for it he was fucking there for it. <laughs> okay last question you saw their first game of the season and a far too early call how far would the green bay packers go this season oh gosh <laughs> i i can't i can't get myself I can't get the myself to hot. say Super Bowl. I can't get myself to say Super Bowl. Mostly, too, because I'm like, I don't want to jinx that. I don't want to. I say that jokingly in jest, Packers to the Super Bowl, but this feels like a legitimate answer, and I don't want to anger the, the football gods. I I mean, off of just yesterday, I think NFC Championship is a very, very possible goal for this team. I I, I was – I was nervous for yesterday's game. And, I, you know, last year it's been talked about like 13-3, and three, but not the most convincing 13-3 and three two seed that we've ever seen. So I thought yesterday's performance was was big. It shows that this team is still getting better from when Matt LaFleur took over, um, becoming more of a complete team, still running the ball a lot, but Rodgers was, was hot. So I think I'm going to say conference championship. But my heart, right, but my heart says we win the Super Bowl. His mouth says conference championship. His heart says Super Bowl. That was my quick fire question that I wanted to get you with. And it seems like I did. Happy about it. Very happy about it. Well, thank you for joining us today, everybody. We're so happy to be back. 
We've got more episodes coming to you later in this week. We're going to try to do two to three a week to keep you guys up to date on all the playoff news. We shall see. Remember to listen to our September episodes because you're sending money directly to a Black Lives Matter charity that way. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Register to vote. Cheers, y'all.